Shabbat Shalom. Thank you, Reb Steve, for the warm introduction. And uh, before I start, the harmonizers? Harmonizers. Wow, what a choir you have here. So inspiring. If I would have asked, if I would have asked you where, in what city the first Zionist Congress was held, I'm sure that most of you would answer immediately, Basel, of course. Yet, the truth is that Herzl did not want Basel. He wanted Munich. And why he did fail in achieving having the Congress in Munich, well, I feel a little awkward to say the next sentence uh, when your rabbi is here, and I know that some rabbis, other rabbis are here in the sanctuary, but I'm sorry, the reason Munich was not picked was because of the rabbis. The rabbis of Munich were appalled by the thought that such a radical gathering, a Zionist convention, would take place in their beloved city. At the bottom of a proclamation published against Herzl, in an extraordinary show of unity, there were signatures of Orthodox, Reform, and Conservative rabbis. The proclamation was paired with a request to prohibit the holding of the Congress and was immediately delivered to the authorities of Munich. Herzl called those rabbis die Protestrabiner, die Protestrabiner, the rabbis of protest, yet he was smart enough to pick his battles and set his sights to Basel. Today, as my friend Reb Steve mentioned, I am uh, the vice chairman of the World Zionist Organization. It is the organization that Theodor Herzl established in Basel in the first Zionist Congress 125 years ago. I am the senior representative of Merkaz. It's the slate that represents Masorti conservative Judaism in the Zionist Congress. And I was elected to my position as the vice chair by the Zionist Congress just two years ago. So in a way, one could say that, at least historically, I am Max Nordau, deputy, the deputy of Herzl. And both, by the way, both of them have great streets in Tel Aviv today, of course, Nordau and Herzl Street. I became an activist in the field of Zionism and Jewish peoplehood many years ago. Before my current position, I was for 13 years the professional head of the Masorti movement in Israel. It was that, in that capacity, that I have met, for the first time, your rabbi, Rabbi Steve Wernick. I have a few things to share with you about your rabbi, and I will do it a little uh, uh, later today. I would like to speak with you today about this week's parasha, Vayetzeh, that we just read, to link it to the political situation in Israel after the recent elections, to connect it to the challenges of the Zionist movement, and to suggest to you, as a devoted Zionist, but as a worried Israeli, what could be, what should be your role in today's Zionism. From my position today, sitting at, on my chair, in the Zionist Congress, I think that it's time to update the Zionist ethos, even dramatically. Zionism was born not in Israel, but in the diaspora. I think it is time for Zionism to recognize once again the value and importance of diaspora Jewry. Theodor Herzl, as we know, did not invent Zionism. He joined a movement that already existed. 
Yet, in the seven years that he led the Zionist movement, yes, only seven, from 1897 to 1904, when he died, in those seven years, he did something that dramatically changed the nature of the movement, as well as its ability to so effectively change Jewish history. And what was it that Herzl brought to the Zionist movement? Politics. Herzl politicized the Zionist idea. He created a structure that still exists. It's the Zionist Congress and the National Institution. He created a structure, a political mechanism that would allow Jews from all over the world, Jews with different outlooks and different walks of life, to democratically find a common ground and to achieve something concrete. How concrete? <laughs> Less than 50 years after Herzl passed away, the State of Israel was established. Fairly concrete. Herzl worked passionately for seven years. He died at the age of 44, and he changed the world. Seven years. Hmm. Does it sound familiar? We just read in this week's parasha, Vayetze, that when Yaakov, when Jacob asked to marry Rachel, Rachel, Lavan, her father, wanted him to work at his farm for seven years. And so he did. Seven years in one's life is quite a time. And how did Yaakov view it? Our parasha says, Vayavod Yaakov Rachel sheva shanim, keyamim achadim. Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed to him as just a few days. How can seven years feel like just a few days? I'm not sure, but I think it's love. He loved her so much, so deeply. He was so committed that he felt that it was not only worthwhile, but that, that, but that the price that was actually not too high, the cause, justified it. Well, I wish I could say the same about Herzl. Herzl did not feel the same. No, he didn't feel that the seven years that he led us were like just a few days. In leadership, as we know, in leadership positions, you do not always enjoy the ride. And Herzl not only worked tirelessly for his passion, <clears throat> not only burned his entire family fortune on the endeavor, but unlike Yaakov, didn't survive to get to fulfill his love. But boy, what a success he had. In retrospect, these were the seven years that laid the infrastructure to the nation state of the Jewish people. So Zionism and politics. Herzl taught us that we should not look down on politics. Yes, we need to make sure that the discussion is conducted properly, that the discourse is not divisive, but we should not be afraid of talking about politics and doing politics. And within this context, with the caution needed, I want to share with you something that you already know, that results of the last elections in Israel are, to say the least, troubling. We had a decent demo uh, democratic process five times, but still a decent democratic process. Israelis voted. No one contested the results 
or claim that there was a fraud in today's world and in this side of the ocean. It is important to mention it too. But the results are troubling. It is not a question of being a left-winger or right-winger. For many Israelis from both sides of the aisle, it is more than troubling. It is painful that the almost formed new government in Israel will have a representation of a party that no one ever thought would get legitimized in Israel. I am worried. I am worried about the possible of the changes in Chok HaShvut, in the law of return. I am worried about the status of the conservative and reform conversions. I am worried about the egalitarian Kotel. And most of all, I am worried about the changes in the status of the Supreme Court. I do not want to get into heavy Israeli politics, but I do want to mention once again that Herzl left us with a legacy that doesn't look down on politics. On the contrary, he looked up to politics and did this and did his utmost to involve as many Jews as possible in shaping it, in making the world better, in making the nation state of the Jewish people a better place. I'm a conservative, Masorti Jew. I'm a Zionist who believes that Judaism does not contradict not democracy nor equality. We believe in the concept of Jewish and democratic state, democratic and Jewish state all at once. These are our core values as conservative Masorti Jews. Israel, Israel plays an important role in the Jewish identity of Jews all over the world. Rather you like it or not, it is simply a fact. You define your Jewish identity, among other things, also in your relationship to the place where almost half of the Jewish people live. I believe that our historic role in Israel today is not only to establish more and more Masorti congregations, not only to offer, to offer egalitarian religious services, but also to provide a bridge that connects Jewish tradition to modern life, sacred Jewish values to equality and democracy. And I would like to invite you to partner with us on that. What can you, as Canadian Jews, do from here? Firstly, be generous. Make sure that you include Masorti, uh, the Masorti movement in your Israeli and in, in Israel in your charity. Make sure to support the Federation, uh, uh, also to other organizations that strengthen Israel's democracy. Secondly, we need to hear you. We need your voice. If we Israelis claim that Israel is the nation-state of the Jewish people, and we do, it means that it belongs to you too. Don't be shy. Speak up. As long as you talk from love, we need your voice, even if it's criticism. Israel needs you. You are part of the journey. And thirdly, thanks to Herzl, again, you do have a platform where you do not only have a voice, but also a vote, a direct impact in Israel. It's the, in the, it's the Zionist Congress. The very same Congress that Herzl convened in Basel in 1897 is convened every five years now in Jerusalem. 
From the 525 seats in today's Zionist Congress, a third belongs to you, to North American Jewry. Another third is Israel, and another third is the rest of the world. And it is an election, like, every, like any other elections. Herzl created a mechanism to allow Jewish voices to be heard, but like in any elections, if you do not participate, your values are not represented. By the way, as your rabbi know well, this is almost what happened in the last Zionist Congress elections three years ago. I'm embarrassed to share with you the number of North American Jews who participated in the elections to the Congress. Thank God we have some time until the elections for the next Congress. It's not Keyamim uh, it's, it's not just in a few days. The elections would run in 2024, not tomorrow morning. But we need to create an awareness among Israel lovers that Israel needs diaspora's jury's voice and vote more than ever before. Why is it important? Because of the obvious, the obvious linkage between Zionism and Jewish peoplehood. And Jewish peoplehood in today's Zionism is questioned. I feel comfortable talking about it here because your rabbi, my friend, my colleague, Rabbi Steve Warnick, is a longtime activist, a longtime leader in the field of Zionism and Jewish peoplehood. I'm so happy to address you today in the Shabbat, uh, celebrating, uh, celebrating Reb Steve's Honorary Doctor of Divinity degree from the Jewish Theological Seminary in recognition of his achievement over many years of distinguished service. I was privileged to serve with Rabbi Wernick in the very small group that negotiated the Kotel Agreement with the previous Netanyahu government and with Netanyahu himself several times. I saw him in action. I see him now representing Merkaz, our slate, representing your voice in the Board of Governors of the Jewish Agency. He's smart, articulate, assertive, knowledgeable. It's an honor to work with him, to go with him to a meeting, knowing that he will, be, that he will represent our cause as good as it could be. Thank you, Rabbi Steve Wernick, for being such a champion of Zionism and Jewish peoplehood. I'd like to conclude with Herzl. In, this, in his preparation to the First Congress, Herzl, who didn't know Jewish peoplehood yet, what, what Jewish peoplehood is, but lived those values every day, Herzl insisted that the Zionist dream would be appealing to as many Jewish outlooks and that everyone would have a seat at the table. That was the nature, that was the soul of his Zionism. Jewish peoplehood is that sense of brethren, of affection, of fondness, of fondness, of radical empathy to every Jew, regardless of where they live in Israel or not in Israel, regardless of the synagogue they go to or not go to, without being judgmental about their Jewish lifestyle, Jewish outlook, Jewish practice. Herzl had his bar mitzvah in the neologue synagogue. It's the liberal synagogue in Budapest. Neolog is a stream of Judaism that exists only in Hungary. Herzl, so Herzl himself proved that there is more than one way to be Jewish and more than one way to be Zionist. In my eye, after establishing the state of Israel, Jewish peoplehood is the Zionist deed of our generation. And it might be challenged 
it is challenged by, a growing for by growing forces in the Zionist movement today who think that there is only one way of being Jewish and only one way of being Zionist. We need to address it. We must address it. If not we, who will? Herzl left us with a present like no other. We live the dream. Yet the ability of dreams to live through generations has to do with their ability to address a need. Jewish peoplehood, democracy, equality is such a necessity for all of us, Zionist dreamers in Israel and all over the world. Shabbat Shalom.